Welcome everybody to worship and a happy Mother's Day to everybody gathering with us. We're going to start our time of worship today with Psalm 98. Psalm 98. So this, every week we use, you've noticed hopefully, a psalm or some sort of scripture reading. And the fancy way we say it is we're being called into worship. Usually if you went to a church that had a bulletin, you'd see it says call to worship. The point of this being that actually it's, it's scripture that calls us to worship. We, we, don't, we don't get here and decide what we should do. Actually, it's the Lord who's already inviting. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the sermon. But it's the Lord through Scripture, through his um, the ways that he's already told us how we're supposed to be living. Worship is a key part of that. It's, it's orienting our hearts to what's true and what's real. So we, each week we gather and we let Scripture call us into worship. It begins this week. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous song and sing praises. Sing praise to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with the trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Would you stand with me and let's pray as we begin our time of worship. Father, we're grateful that you promised to come and, and you judge with, with equity. That you are, you are coming again to set all things right. The imbalance of power, that which is wrong, that which is unjust in the world, you will turn on its head. In fact, you've said that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. You said blessings to those who are poor in spirit. So as we gather here, and for any of us who are feeling poor in spirit, who are feeling uh, backwards in this world, thank you for that promise. And we worship you today because you are the God who will make all things just. We now join our voices, as the psalmist said, with all creation, with clapping rivers and and with, with the large mountains that display your majesty. Now, as we open our voices to sing with you, to sing with this creation, Lord, may this be a time and place where we are reoriented thanks to your call into worship. It's in your name, Jesus, that we will do all things in this time together. Amen. Amen. Let's worship our Lord.
Let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here in us. Jesus, there is no one greater. You alone are Savior. Show the world your love. Sing with me. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to say in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. We are children of your mercy, rescued for your glory. We cry, Jesus, set our hearts to us, that every eye will
technical problems. <laughs> Hebrews 4, verses 12 through 13. And after I read it today, we're going to say a prayer. And when I say this prayer, I want you to lift up those areas in your life where maybe throughout the week you fell a little short. Maybe you said words that weren't so kind or weren't so gentle. Or maybe your jealousy and resentment got the best of you. And so you weren't the loving person that you could be. It happens to all of us. And if you're wrestling with something like addiction or maybe an affair that's not so innocent or you want something really bad and it's taking your focus away from God, I want you to lift those things up during our prayer. We're going to go to Hebrews 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Bow your head with me. Dear Father, thank you for being a God that welcomes our authentic being, the good parts and the bad parts. But Lord, help us to be people who are wise enough to know that we need a mighty God to help us to know the difference and to resist the ways of the world. Lord, we're so thankful that you came in flesh and died for our sins. Help us show that gratitude now. Help us bear our hearts and lay them open before you. Help us to know where we didn't quite live up to the person you created us to be. Help us to think about that. Help us to see new possibilities and the areas in our life where we can be stretched, where we can learn new ways, new ways of being, where we can break free of our chains, those things that limit us and hinder our ability to love our children, to contribute to our community, to speak up for others who may be struggling or may be facing hardship. Purify our hearts, Lord. And Lord, use these trials and these sufferings for good. We know you hate to see us walking into things that you know are just going to bring us down, that we're going to stumble, and we're going to have to face really hard times. We know that's so hard for you to watch. So Lord, give us ears and eyes to see. Help us tune into your word and see how you comfort, how you encourage, and how you build us up. And Lord, give us wisdom to know, to see our options, to know the possibilities, to know the different ways we can turn, we can react. And for those things where we've been struggling a long time, give us the courage to keep trying, to keep putting it up there, to trust that you will mold us and you will give us 
those characteristics so that we can use those trials and that suffering for good. Help it not to be in vain. Help us to develop compassion for others that maybe are struggling in the same way. To give us wisdom so that in those that we love who might start to encounter those similar situations, we can build them up and we can encourage them down different paths. Lord, you can use us for so many things. Help us to trust that you can use them for good and to be a light in this world. As Christians, you call us to a different way of life, not one of injustice or oppression or being mean or nasty. You call us to believe in good, that we were created in your image to be people of honor, to be people that could love each other and build each other and grow each other so we could be communities of your all-encompassing love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that wonderful gift that we can live in this crazy world and have a different way, a different reality. We pray this all in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. And remember, God died for our sins. He went on the cross so that all of us could be forgiven and so that we could start each and every day with a fresh new start. So help us be thankful. Help us sing today. Let Felipe lead us in worship. Thank you. Sing with me like this. And sings my soul, my Savior God to me. How great thou art. How great thou art. You sing. If you could put maybe the video up first, if that's ready, Guille, we're going to watch a short video. I know some of you probably have already seen this because we posted it up on some of our other feeds as a church. But you're going to see Pastor Christy here sharing about an opportunity that's coming up. And then um, I'll say a little more about an invitation uh, to us specifically to participate uh, in this. So whenever you're ready, Guille. Hey. Have you heard about Impact's event this summer, Connect 2021, but maybe you're a little curious about what it's all about? Well, Impact's mission is to train and equip people to serve Christ overseas, and then again at home when they return. Well, this year, we're shifting our focus to just the at-home part, because, well, here we are. But you don't have to get on an airplane to cross borders. How many borders exist in your own community that keeps you from relationship with other people, whether it be cultural or political or economic? This summer, we are gonna dive into learning about how to cross those borders in our community, to build relationship, to share the love of Jesus Christ. We're gonna talk about putting ourselves aside to serve another person, to serve alongside another person, to build that relationship. And we're gonna dive into God's story and what role that plays in our lives in making relationships with others that share that transformative love of Jesus Christ.
So is it gonna be easy? Probably not. Is it gonna be uncomfortable? Maybe a little, but is it necessary for us as God's people in this world today? Absolutely. We hope to see you there. Saturday of next month. It's actually a, an event that's happening for all the Presbyterian churches in like the Tri-County area. And it's happening right here on our campus because the director of the organization happens to be Pastor Christie. So we're going to do it right here. And it's an opportunity for us then to even have more participation maybe than some other uh, churches. It's super um, affordable, right? $35. And you're going to get a lot of training about how to be God's... We're going to talk today about being God's appointed people to bear fruit. We're going to talk a lot about that on that day. Um, you know... Life itself is a short-term mission trip. Life itself is a short-term mission trip. And, and we've been called by Christ to cross these borders and barriers and, and any type of lines that might, that might come between us and other people. And that's what Impact specializes in. I know a few of you have already uh, been on Impact trips, and um, you, you know how it trains you to think cross-culturally, how to think as a team uh, with, with anyone. It, it, my hope. My hope is that we're going to get a group of people together from our church to do this for that full day. And during the day, she's going to give us a space a couple different times to just gather up as our group from River of the Valley. And we're going to be able to reflect about what we're learning, what we're seeing, and then how that could even uh, move forward into the now what phase for our church. So I encourage you, if this is interesting you at all, sign up, be a part of this. And then with me that day, we'll be able to move through some of the training that impact us sending missionaries elsewhere. But for us, it's going to be in this next year, missionaries here in the valley. Okay, so excited about that. Second thing I wanted to talk to you about, there's an image that's going to come on the screen. Oh, yeah, there it is. Um, I, I wrote that with my own hand, if you can't tell. Oh, you could tell. Okay, so we're going to do a service for healing and wholeness on Friday, May 21st. That's in two weeks. So we're going to be here in the sanctuary starting at 7 p.m. It's going to be, uh, the music is going to be a little more unplugged feel. It, the, the ambience will be a little darker. We'll have candles out. And the emphasis will be on, first, thinking about the things that have been hard for us in this past year. First thing we're going to do is move into a time of lament or honesty of our emotions before the Lord. So many, so many of us have lost so much. And that includes that some of us have lost loved ones. So we're going to begin this time by being honest before the Lord. It will move into a time of hope and, and, and seeing the gospel in that way that brings us uh, a hope and a future. There will be time for people that want specific prayer. Our deacons and elders will, will be here and able to pray over people. And then we'll spend a good deal of time sitting before the Lord with, with music and worship that Felipe will be leading us in. So this will be a special opportunity to come and, and be present in worship. Uh, again, 7 o'clock, May 21st. Before we jump into the sermon today, I want to do a special Mother's Day prayer. When we get to the part that's in the middle and the bilingual part, I'm going to do a special blessing over all of the women that have come um, to be with us today. But right now, I want to do a special Mother's Day prayer and this is going to include 
praying for people that for today, it's actually a hard day because maybe in this past year they've lost their mother or maybe their relationship with, with their mother has not been positive in their life. So there's, there's a lot of different motions when you come to a day like this. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the life that you have brought forth through mothers and that this has been your, this has been your plan, that we would have this intimate connection with this one person in our life. Lord, we begin by giving you thanks for that person, for our mother. For those of us that that relationship has been positive and, and overwhelming good in our lives, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that, that you have been able to mold that relationship and use this amazing person in our life. Lord, show us the ways to return our thanksgiving for this person, for our mother. Lord, for those of us who no longer have mothers with us that have gone to be with you, Father, we ask that for those who are still suffering the grief of that loss, that you would continue to, to minister in the hearts of each person and that hope that we have of our eternal life. Father, for those who have had a very difficult relationship with their mother, we pray today for... for new doors to open in that relationship, for new patience and new perseverance in perhaps healing what has been done. We pray for these people that wrestle with, the, with, with a day like Mother's Day where there is so much happiness and card giving. Lord, help us as a church to also see the people for whom today is difficult. And may we walk alongside of them. Lord, I thank you for all of the people, all the women who wanted to have children, but, but who, for whatever reason, have not had them. Lord, we pray for those that so desperately wanted children, but have proved unable, that you would continue to be with them and comfort them, that there are more things to be looking at in this world that could bring them joy in you. And Father, I pray that for everyone that's been a spiritual mother, to the people in this church. We thank you and give you thanksgiving for their lives, for all the ways that, that the women in this church are spiritually mothers to our children, even to the oldest person here. Thank you for the presence of each and every one of them with us. They are precious in your sight, and we are grateful. Lord, as we now move into the time of your word and the sermon, hear us as we pray those words that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we are going to jump now back into John chapter 15. We're sitting in John 15 for a season here as we also talk about our church a bit and about what it means to be a part of River of the Valley. Uh, we're excited about this next season of life. The leaders have spent time together praying, meeting, 
and refocusing on where we see ourselves going. And, and this John 15 passage is perfect as helping us explain that well and, and for us to understand that well. Today we're going to be looking at specifically part of verse 16 of John 15. See if this is going to work for me. If not, I have a trusty hand back there in Gie to move it for me. It worked. John 15, 16. This is the part we're going to focus on today. Let's read this all together. Ready? One, two, three. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Oh, man. That, this is an interesting concept. Because most of our lives, all of our lives, we, we feel like we're choosing everything about it. I bet you, you would say, you're the one that got yourself out of bed today and made it here. And for some people, it wasn't even an easy thing to do. <laughs> and you're trying to tell me, Jesus, that you're the one who chose me to... We, we feel like we are doing a lot in our lives to choose. And then we hear Jesus say that he is the one who is choosing us to be with him. Remember the analogy? What's the analogy? What's the metaphor that Jesus is using in this passage? That Jesus is what? The, the vine. And we are what? We're branches. Jesus is having us see a fundamental part of our reality that you are now part of a vine that you didn't choose necessarily to be a part of and that might seem hard or violent that you were chosen to be somewhere that you didn't already say yes to but here's the deal this vine we're going to talk about in in two more weeks is the grace of God is the love of God When Jesus says here that he chose you, and he's actually talking plural. He's saying, all of you, I have chosen all of you. He's talking about that he has reached out to us and allowed us to to come off of the vine of God where we find the love, we find grace, even eternal life. As we move forward, we're going to talk today about the four C's of our church. We talked about them over a year ago. And then COVID came and we stopped talking about them a little bit. But the four C's of how we expect people to move down a journey of faith as God has chosen us to live on his vine. He's expecting that we would bear fruit. What does it practically look like for each one of you to bear fruit? Okay, as a church, it's important that we don't let this be some sort of an abstract reality, or that we don't measure our progress and our faith moving forward. Today, I'm, my goal today is that we're going to all leave today with a practical idea, of, an understanding of how being a part of River of the Valley is like a journey in which you, you bear fruit in practical steps. So the four C's, if you, if you remember them, or if you go on our website, you'll see them too. Connect, commit, confess, commission. We're going to start with this idea of, of connect because Jesus, as he's talking to all of us at once, he has said that 
you all have been chosen. You have all been appointed. And when Jesus calls one of us and all of us together to sit around his table, what does that mean? We all find each other sitting around the table with every other single person in the church. My friends, so our church has one table. Because we have all been connected to the one vine. We're all individual branches, but we're all connected to the one vine. So our church has one table. And we choose to live in reality around that table. We choose to see the other people around that table. With all of the amazing gifts and all of our ugly warts. (laughs) All of that together, we choose to live in reality. We don't need a church that that has tons of filters. We need a church that's non-GMO, that can sit around one table and live in reality because then faith formation can happen. One table, living in reality together. And we dare to follow the vision that Jesus has given to our church. We dare to follow the vision. Why, Why that word dare? Because there, there are ways that Jesus has called you to live. Primarily, he describes them as living sacrificially to love other people. And it takes courage to say, instead of fulfilling my own needs in this moment, I'm going to live for this other person and love them sacrificially. There are moments when following the vision of Jesus takes courage. It takes daring to be in the community of God and to be fulfilling the vision of Jesus There's a first step of connecting. It's simply saying yes to being a part of this community. Now, part of the fruit of being in a community like this is that we're already seeing what we call horizontal reconciliation. We're seeing people from all different backgrounds, all different languages, socioeconomic backgrounds, coming together, and we're now living in a family. We understand that we are brothers and sisters in this place. Our worship service now with this new way in which we have one long service and we overlap in the middle, again, that needs some daring and courage to participate in it, but you are seeing there's a horizontal reconciliation that Jesus has won for us that is being preached just by how we live together. I dare say the most powerful sermon that we get to give to our church to our community, might not be something I would say right here, but actually the experience of someone walking into our community of faith and seeing the reconciliation of God being manifested, thank you, Holy Spirit, being manifested among ourselves as I love someone that the only reason I would be in this room with them is because of Jesus. I would probably never have hung out with them in my life otherwise, but we're here together sitting at the one table. And that's a powerful image of the reconciliation that God has won for us. The church, river of the valley, we're called to carry out. This is fruit. So you're being here and saying yes to being in community Sunday in and Sunday out. It might seem like a simple thing that you're doing just for yourself. I'm going to go so I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something good for my own psyche, my own emotional health. I leave feeling filled up. Okay, good. But you're also doing this. You're also here every Sunday to bear fruit as a community to show the reconciliation of God. And when we don't 
commit to coming, what we're doing is we're not leaning into the fruit that we're supposed to be bearing. Am I making sense? So if you're opting out of being here, that means that you're not giving us a chance to show off the horizontal reconciliation to this world that's so, in our modern world, that so desperately needs to see that there is an answer to the brokenness that exists. Yeah? Okay, so that's the fruit coming with connect. So from the very moment that someone steps into our church, their journey has already begun in that connect stage, and there's already fruit that they are able to take part in. They're already changing the world just by saying yes to being a part of the reconciled community of faith. Now, as we continue to move on in this journey of faith, we go from connect onto, and you're going to like my little squiggly journey lines here. See the little path? Get it? It's a journey? Okay. So community goes to commit. Now, when it goes to this next step in our, in our journey together, it comes to a moment where someone begins to see, okay, this, this horizontal reconciliation makes sense to me. I'm being impacted by this. How is this possible? It's possible by people committing to follow the way of Christ. It's possible by people committing to follow the way of Christ. Again, living self-sacrificially to love other people is, is now something that we don't do naturally as humans. We like to naturally love number one. Look out for number one. IGM, what's that stand for? I got mine. Yeah, that's the mantra of the human soul right now. Okay? So to come into the community and see it, now the next step, this, wow, this is amazing. How, how, how are we doing this? Eventually we need people to move to commit. Jesus says in so many, so many different times through his life with the original 12 apostles, follow me. He famously said at one point, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. There is this invitation. Jesus got up from the lake, went up to the mountain, and there he sat to give his, his great sermon, his great teaching on his kingdom. But it required the disciples to commit to follow him up that hill, follow him all around the Holy Land, eventually following him to Jerusalem. There is this incredibly important moment in the spiritual life of anyone that comes to connect in our church in which we invite them to commit. Now, those disciples, when they first started to walk with Jesus, okay, imagine the first day Peter is fishing. Jesus comes and says, follow me. It says Peter leaves his net, leaves his boat, and follows him. Did Peter in that moment understand that Jesus was the Son of God? No. In fact, for, for years, it seems, they wrestle with who Jesus is. They, they continue to grow in their understanding. They, they're, they're piecing it together as they go. Jesus, every once in a while, stops. Hey, who, who do you think I am now? <laughs> hey, okay, now, here's the next test. You know, pop quiz, who am I? <laughs> he does that every once in a while, and their understanding grows to the point where Peter eventually can say, you're the Christ. Eventually, this is a week after the resurrection. Thomas, a week after the resurrection, 
So this is three years or so of Jesus doing ministry. He's crucified. He's resurrected. A week later, Thomas finally is able to say to Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. They all committed to following Jesus before they confessed him as Lord and Savior. When people come into our faith community, what we need to be doing is inviting them into intentional commitments of faith. What that's going to look like for us is what did Jesus ask us to do in the Great Commission? Who can remind us? Therefore, go and make disciples, teaching teaching them to observe, obey, obey what? Everything that I have taught you, everything I've commanded you. That's what it means to commit. So we need, we need groups meeting. I know we have some small groups already meeting. And the purpose of these groups is so that we can be teaching what Jesus taught and also encouraging people to obey what Jesus taught. So our groups need to be both learning and doing and following through, helping each other, encouraging, but also holding each other accountable for how what we're doing is, t- how what we are learning is taking practical form in our lives. That's the definition of discipleship. That's what it means to commit to follow Jesus. It means you learn something that Jesus has taught, and then you put it in practice. But we do that in community. We do that in our smaller group settings. Now, eventually, as people are in these, in these settings of, of understanding that we have a purpose, go get them. There goes the heroes. As we understand that we have a purpose, right? So the, the first step, the, commi- the community, we were understanding we're an epicenter of, of God's horizontal reconciliation. In commit, we're understanding that we also have purpose and that we're being connected back to our purpose of following Jesus, like Jesus had designed us to live. Eventually, we get to the point where the reality is too much for us to stop, to stop acknowledging. We get to a point where in following Jesus like Peter, following Jesus like Thomas, we get to a point where either we decide this isn't for us, Jesus isn't who he says he is, or it's time to, time to confess. It's time to declare that he is who he says he is. He is Lord and Savior. So from, from connect to commit, eventually we expect people, the fruit of being in our church is that they come to confess. As soon as we get to that point where you're, you're willing to acknowledge the reality of what things are, that Jesus is both God, the one who created you, and the one who knows best your steps forward, the one whose voice you ultimately listen to before any other, even your own internal instinct, and Savior, the only one, the only power that we have that we can trust, that will, that will rescue us from the brokenness of our lives brought on by the sin of humanity, even to eternal life. When we acknowledge that Jesus is this for us, this Lord and this Savior, it's time to confess that in the community of faith, in your small group or before the church. And where does that ultimately lead us? As soon as someone confesses Jesus as Lord and Savior, what must we do? Therefore, go and make disciples baptizing them, 
baptizing them in the name in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's like we're jumping them into the gang. It's like we're, we're inking them. Baptism is the sign, the physical sign that they're becoming part of our family in the sense of a vertical reconciliation. That they have landed on the faith that Jesus is who he says that he is. And then we party. Do you remember the baptisms we had? I think it was the first Sunday that we got to be worshiping together post-COVID. What a beautiful Sunday to be out there with, with the water and the pool. Four people, I believe, were baptized. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. For that vertical reconciliation to be something that we experience through the church. So you see that epicenter, right? We, epicenter of God's reconciliation. People connecting back to each other, community. Back to their purpose and committing. And back to God and their confession and confessing. Lastly, that brings us to commission. Man, those squiggly lines are awesome. So commission is actually like commit plus. Because when you're, when you're committing to follow Jesus, you've already committed to obeying everything he taught. But once you get to that point of confession, now you're starting to, to follow Jesus. You're starting to obey everything he taught for a different reason. Instead of doing it for yourself or for the world, now you're doing it because Jesus has asked you to do it. And that's the only, that's the main reason that you're doing it. I am going to follow Jesus' ask to go and disciple other people. And I made a, a little drawing for that too. That you would go, uh, hopefully... Help, yay. Oh, there it is. Okay, so you're, you're the commissioned one that goes up, and now you are impacting other people to bring them where? To the beginning of our journey. It's cyclical. Once we've gotten to confess, the baptism is not just your welcome into the family of God. Baptism is also your commissioning. You come out of those waters sent by Jesus to now offer that amazing journey that you've been on to other people. Where they can connect with, with God's reconciliation. Where they can find their purpose. Where they can ultimately find their Lord and their Savior. Okay, I'm hoping that this has been fairly clear on the fruit that we're expecting people to bear as they go down a journey in our church over time, okay? My question now today is, where are you on the journey? Where are you personally on that journey? Are you, are you someone that's been, it's been newer to our church and, and you're in that space where you're connecting with us right now and, and you're tasting what, what Jesus' vision looks like when it's put into practice? Are you on that step of, of commit where, okay, I can see there's something about this. I'm ready to start putting on what Jesus has taught and try it, like, like new clothes. Maybe you're, you're almost to that phase of confess where you're, where you're ready to declare Jesus, where you're ready to say, okay, Jesus, that's my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're someone that's, that's confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you've sat 
here in the chairs now year after year after year, but haven't moved to this step of commission. And you haven't been one that's been equipped to go out. That's what we're going to be doing with, with Pastor Christie on May 26th. You haven't been trained to, to go and be commissioned to bring the next, the next generation of people into the community part. Where are you on this journey? I want to spend a moment and let you reflect on this. I'll put this back up. I think I left it. Yeah, I'll put this up. I want you to spend a moment. Imagine where you would, if you were a stick figure in my drawing, where would you be? Okay, imagine where you would draw yourself. All right? Spend a moment. Let me pray to do this. Father, thank you that your call is for us to be a part of you, that you have chosen us, but that we would bear fruit. We want to take that so seriously. And so as a church, Lord, we, we want to see this journey in our own lives. Connecting, committing, confessing, and commissioning. Lord, right now, help us. Help us to be honest about where we are on this journey. Lord, we ask that your, um, your spirit, your spirit would encourage our next steps. That wherever we are, let us see it and enjoy it and begin to thrive in it and see the purpose of where we are. And also have our eyes fixed on maybe that next step. Where, where are we going? Where are we on this journey in River of the Valley? Father, you are good, and your love endures forever. And we give you thanks for, for every person that has been called in, into taking this journey together. What an amazing family that you, are, that you have woven together here. Thank you, Lord. As we move into this time, continuing our time of, of self-offering, we pray that any financial gifts that are given now would be given to support this this call to bear fruit as a church. For those who are struggling with financial resources because of the realities of COVID and, and losing work or income, Lord, we pray for them, asking you to open the, the doors ahead of them so they can be providing for themselves or for their families. May your church come around people who, who are in need. And bless this time of our offering, Lord. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.